and welcome to today's podcast. Today, it's our great, great pleasure to be joined by Paolo Crispi, who is Sales Director at Epson Como Printing Technologies in Italy. Paolo, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Debbie, and welcome to everybody. No, it's, it's really is fantastic to have you and thank you so much for making the time. I know that you've been traveling a lot and you're very busy. It's very much appreciated. Paolo, you've been in the industry a very, very long time. When and how did you begin your career in printing and how did you begin that journey to Epson Italia? So, uh, first of all, the Mona Lisa project started many years ago, practically in 1998, when uh, uh, two companies, Italian companies, Robustelli and Fortex, asked Epson Japan to support uh, uh, with their technology. In 2003, the first Mona Lisa machine was launched officially in Como. The first industrial unit in field able to grant for a certain production level. I personally joined the uh, Fortex company at the beginning of 1988, taking care of textile chemical sales for all processes, including uh, dyeing and uh, printing analog at that time. Then only later for digital printing. But uh, the Mona Lisa history moved on with the success for several years. Following all the steps of Epson had improved the technology. Today uh, is the third generation of Monalira printers uh, with uh, equipped by the latest Epson Precision Core heads, uh, the latest technology. In 2015, Epson acquired Fortex and during the uh, 2016, the Robustelli company too. Epson Como Printing Technology is the today uh, name of the companies managing directly the development, uh, the manufacturers, and the sales of the Mona Lisa, the digital printer that we fully dedicated to textile market. We go ahead in the market uh, by ourselves uh, joining Epson Japan that uh, uh, sell sell the Mona Lisa all over the other uh, all over the world. It's been an incredibly successful um, allegiance, hasn't it, Paolo? Yeah, it has. Really has. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that explanation. Um, so interesting and uh, to see how the Epson journey has evolved over over the last the last few years. I mean. Way back when to 1998, you know, we're literally almost, you know, 22, 23 years into the process of digital. Um, and it's been such an incredible journey. Um, and it's been a joy to watch how Epson technologies have evolved through that too. Paolo, with COVID restrictions now firmly behind us, um, I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on how the textile industry has been impacted by the last two years. What has changed and why? 
Yeah, of course, COVID-19 impacted a lot on our market. Mm-hmm. Mm, but uh, we also had a, br- a great challenge for, for our business to, to expand, to change. Even if the commercial activities were limited by the pandemic, we had the possibility to continue other important activities, such as the research and development, the mm-hmm. sale, the sales, uh, the service support, and some new printer installation. This happened in spite of the restriction, and uh, thanks especially thanks to the extensive presence of Epson offices located in every country mm-hmm. and in every textile district in the world. So we don't have, we was not forced to fly away. That was uh, so difficult. Sales didn't stop. Many customers with a positive vision about the post-COVID recovery took the opportunity to renew the old machine by adopting the more efficient and productive technologies. Mm-hmm. What we saw during the last two years is a significant increase in sales of machine using pigment ink. Okay. This, the pigment ink provides not only high rubbing fastness and high printing quality, but, but also an improved sustainability standard as uh, they contribute to shorter the, the printing process. This uh, um, highlighted a clear emerging, emerging trend. Mm-hmm. Technology should help our customers and not only to produce more, but especially to produce better, in a better way. Yes. This is the key point uh, for, for, from now on, I think. So it's a shift, it's a complete shift of mindset, isn't it, Paolo? Beyond COVID, the market has changed um, and it's just not going to go back to the way it was before, is it? Yes, I said, we, we don't move back again. Uh, we will uh, go ahead uh, and in future, for sure, all this change that we had in the last two years, uh, we'll move on on this way. So sustainability or short process, uh, mm-hmm. print on demand will be the key point for, for, for the future. And uh, the technology must help our customers to go in this direction. Yes, definitely. Paolo, which, which would you say are the most vibrant European markets for digital textile printing? And why is that? For me, it's quite easy to give you an answer because uh, <laughs> if the, even if there is a several textile district in Europe, uh, printing areas are uh, mainly concentrated in a uh, few countries. Italy and Spain for us is the most important one, but uh, France, UK and Poland follows immediately. But uh, you talk about European country, but I would like to mention Turkey, because even if uh, Turkey does not belong to European communities, it's the most uh, important, a vibrant digital market uh, after Italy. So please include uh, Turkey 
as the main country for digitalization. Why is that, Paolo? Uh, probably because of many reasons. Uh, Turkey is a big uh, textile market uh, since many, many years. They have the power because they, they have uh, uh, big companies, uh, enough money to invest. The government uh, uh, reduces the, the, the value of the Turkish lira, and so they become uh, attractive for many other countries importing from Turkey. Uh, they, they have a political... Uh, uh, situation that allow them uh, to move uh, towards any country in the world, including the one that we have now as Europe, uh, some restriction. So mm -hmm. reason could be several, but uh, at the end, uh, they invest, uh, they are printing a lot, and it's really a, a, an emerging countries, even for digital printing. So have you seen a huge switch there to digital technologies and a huge increase in volume of print per meterage, really? Yes, we, we, we saw really a, a good increase in volume, especially in Turkey. Mm -hmm. But uh, we wish that in future another good big change will change again uh, because of, of Pigment Inc., because of a shortened process. So there is many... Many things that we are changing again, and we expect a, a very positive future. Yes, a very, very strong outcome, absolutely, yep. for Europe and, and Turkey. So I guess as we emerge from the, from the global crisis, um, there's lots of talk about reshoring. Paolo, I'd love your opinion as to, is that actually happening? For sure, the reshoring process is uh, ongoing. Mm -hmm. And for the creation of new collection, as well as production of simple and short lots or B2B growing demand, there is no need of Far East production anymore for, for our countries. Uh -huh. But, uh, however, European textile market asks for high volume as well, especially for the big distribution. So, I yes, I think you are right that today we are less... Uh, reliant on the Far East production than in the past, but uh, we still need it. We still need the Far East, yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you think that customers are still using parallel sourcing? Do you think they are using smaller production runs here in, in Europe and over in Turkey and then switching best-selling lines out to the Far East. So they're almost using, you know, for, for medium production is coming through Europe, but anything that switches to high volume is still going to go out to the Far East. We are trying to switch on high volume because also some single pass or very mm -hmm. speed machine are in the market and we are doing our best to switch to digital. But... Uh, we have to think uh, globally, and if we think uh, globally, uh, talking about uh, India, Pakistan, uh, Far East, like China, mm -hmm. many rotary machines are in field, and uh, many uh, units uh, were sold during the last year, 2021. So yeah. uh, it's too early to think a complete uh, uh, replacement uh, of the analog printing by digital. I think that... Uh, 
both uh, technologies can work together, giving us a good possibilities and good results at the moment. In future, yeah. step by step, we will move on and substitute completely the, the analog. But uh, step by step. I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's We're not quite there yet, but it's, it's going to take time, isn't it? I think also, would you agree, Paolo, that you're seeing a switch in the East where because we are moving to on-demand production, which ultimately will be um, the the emergence and, the, as you say, the, the complete switch over to digital. So for on-demand production over in the Far East, they are investing now in digital so that they can service their clients faster. Would you say that is also one of the reasons for the uh, for the investment over there in digital technologies? Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with you. The, the fast production, the fast uh, fashion need a digital uh, printing uh, technology. But uh, again, the market is a huge market. Uh, we have to consider that uh, even big order, big production, big distribution need high volume and so mm -hmm. and use both parallelly, I think. In, in, in Italy or in, in Europe, uh, of course, uh, uh, we, we had something different because as I told you months ago, in, mm -hmm. in Como district, uh, more than 80% of total volume is printed by digital. So it's this kind of experience is uh, something that we can expect uh, in other countries uh, soon. I don't know exactly when, but uh, soon. Uh, probably even the, 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 the other countries or like India and Far East will move to digital sooner or later and achieve a very good level of digitalization. Today, we can say that uh, they use parallelly. Do you think price point is holding it back, Paolo? And I, I don't mean... The price point from the printer, actually, I kind of mean the costing, the way the margins are all worked out throughout the fashion supply chain. Do you think there will come a time where we start where companies will actually share the margin gains, really, so that they will they will be willing to pay that little bit more for on demand production and not keep going back to the price per square meter for volume and comparing the two like for like, which they're not. Difficult for me to give you an answer. We know and we work on the cost of production because during mm -hmm. the past uh, five years, we made a very good job. The cost of the production, digital production, was reduced a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, talking about the margin and the, the, the final prices in the market is a completely different story. Uh, yes, in any case, a B2B emerging uh, market uh, will re reduce the margin and, and the end user may have some advantages in the final price. But uh, difficult today to understand how much. So sooner or later, we'll, we will see. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's all, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the the further we see the tipping point really towards digital meterage as opposed to analog meterage, that's where that balance and where all of those um, 
yeah, all of that kind of reckoning will appear really. Look forward to seeing how the markets emerge and how they change over the next few years. Um, because, you know, when I say end user as well, I kind of very much mean the fashion side of things who are have with on-demand fa- manufacture, there are huge margin savings there. You know, I think within every product, 45% of the price is actually there to be, to be discounted right from the very beginning. So I think if we can move to an on-demand world, then everybody, every tier of that supply chain should be able to reap the benefits of that sustainable pathway to allow people to reinvest yeah for sure you are right depending on when it would happen today uh-huh. i don't see in the market the, the, the this kind of margin that uh, give it back to the consumer not yet no i agree <laughs> yeah, we, need, we need to keep pushing for that <clears throat> In, in, any, in any case, our our role is to work on the production cost and yes. on the sustainability. We have to improve the way we produce. If we can produce better, for sure, in future, this benefit will be returned to the consumer. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of sustainable production, new technologies, et cetera, et cetera, Paolo, what is your vision for your the future of both reactive printing and pigment printing? Uh, both processes are important mm-hmm. and need our effort to develop the, to improve the ink selection as well as the processes. For reactive printing, uh, we are working to minimize uh, the chemical impact. This is important because uh, uh, we cannot say that reactive uh, process will disappear. Reactive mm-hmm. will remain, and if we c- could reduce the, the chemical impact, uh, we achieve the goal. Yeah. But the pigmenting market is growing, and uh, even if uh, we are already offering eight brilliant uh, color, different colors, we are developing new items uh, to expand uh, this solution in order to move a new market segment. And future, in this case, uh, should be for sure very positive. To replace completely one from the other, I think it takes time. It's it's definitely going to take time, isn't it, really, to, to switch everything over. When you talk about removing chemicals, etc., do you kind of, although I'm sure you very much do concentrate on um, saving water in the processing of reactive ink printing too? Yes. With digital, you know, we, we can uh, consume or use uh, ex- only the chemicals we need, nothing mm-hmm. more, nothing less. So yes. the, the impact on the, on the wastewater, on the environment is limited. We are doing something more, something better in order to reduce again as much as possible the chemicals that we need to for the fixation of reactive inks. Okay. And this is the best we can do today. It's amazing progress, really is, Paolo. I have a question for you. It's something I did try myself when I was printing a number of years ago, but technology wasn't quite there. And it's ink, ink chemistry, I guess, too. Now, Italy is famous. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Italy is famous for its silk production. 
predominantly using reactive inks. Could pigment inks be used to print silk now or in the future? But first of all, I have to to change a little bit. Italy and Como district was famous in the world for the six silk product for uh -huh. high fashion accessories, ties, scarves. But uh, this exclusive high quality uh, is still demanding the best result uh, printed by acid colors. Okay. They are reactive. It was requested by the exporter demand for an easy care of the garments, not because better than acid colors. Okay. Uh, but okay, pigment ink could replace reactive. Yes, theoretically, yes, because pigment does not need any chemicals reaction uh, with the fiber, and so they could be used also on silk. But I think that, uh, uh, and I wish also that the, the at least a part of the market uh, will continue demanding uh, for high quality, high value. So without decreasing quality, because pigment on silk is something that is not exactly the best quality. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, typically through silk as well, the great thing about the reactors and the acids is it's giving you the push through, isn't it? It's actually, you can see it, it's moving both sides of the fabric for different applications, I guess. Yes, depend on the market segment. I, I wish that uh -huh. for at least for the accessory and high fashion, Valentino and Armani will continue demanding the, the, the best quality as possible. But in any case, pigment range is, uh, is so huge uh, that yeah. you can use uh, also in future, probably to replace reactive, but uh, on all the other fibers like a cellulosic fiber or blended fabric like a polycotton, oh. viscose nylon and so on. We have a really a, a huge uh, market to apply pigment ink before thinking about silk. Uh, yes. In any case, will be a positive uh, scenario for pigment ink, in any case. I totally agree with you. I think there's also a new future out there for pigments on new substrates and new materials. I think there's a lot of biopolymers and, and new fabrics coming to the market. Goodness, there's pineapple, there's banana, there's a million different things that are emerging onto the market now, moving forward towards sustainability. And it kind of seems to me that pigment is the, the perfect choice to, to use to print patterns onto all of those fabrics. So that's very exciting to look forward to. Yeah. For sure, the sustainability is, is very, very important. And pigment ink will play a very important role to move in this direction. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Paolo, do you think, we've just got a couple of questions. Do you yeah. think that the need for sustainable production is actually what's accelerating the growth of digital? Or do you think it's the on-demand? Or do you think it's all of it together? I think it's, it's impossible to dissect it. No, no, no. Sustainability is mandatory for from now on, mm -hmm. and for sure it will boost the, the digitalization for the next years in all countries, not only in Europe. Uh -huh. Sustainability concept must be treated in several aspects, not only one. Uh, digital printing process is the key to reduce uh, wastewater and energy consumption. 
as well as uh, the limit chemical consumption. Digital process allow to reshore and so a better closing circulation, reducing transport uh, impact. Uh -huh. Beyond demand, as you said before, uh, reduce the excess in production. And this is also important as waste. Yes. Uh, our company, Epson, will move on uh, with improving the expansion of uh, digital printing technologies all over the world. It's important to export what we did in our district to other countries because, mm -hmm. as you know, Italy or Como district production is limited if uh, compared with the, the level of the other countries. If we wanted to be really sustainable, we have to export digitalization in all countries where the, the, the attention to the sustainability is today less. So we Epson will do it in respect of uh, the corporate environment vision 2050, a document that uh, Epson uh, approved a month ago. Uh, Epson will become carbon negative free by 2050 in uh -huh. order to achieve the sustainability and enrich the communities all over the world. Uh, I think that Epson Como, mm, with the, the textile digital printing department, uh, will contribute to achieve also this goal. I agree. You've proved it works. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, several yeah. projects in, in this way to in the development stage to announce uh, to be announced probably uh, before ITMA Milano June twenty three. It's exciting. It's a very important uh, meeting place and, and meeting opportunity for us, and we don't want to miss it. Oh, sounds and fabulous. I to see you there. I hope so, most definitely. Yeah. Paolo, if you had a personal vision for the future of digital textile printing, you know, based on your textile heritage, what would it be? Where would you like to see us in the next five to 10 years? Uh, I really wish to continue the job within the last 25 years because we started in 2000. So uh, we have a very successful story and uh, mm -hmm. we have to improve step by step. I don't expect to revolute in a couple of years. I expect and I wish that everything move step by step on in this direction so that uh, the, the textile industry uh, will have a less impact in the environment. Uh, this is a, a mission. I think that has to be uh, shared with all the producers in the world. If so, mm -hmm. I think we have uh, at least a five or 10 years positive uh, in our business uh, to be considered, at least. Yes, definitely. Paolo, thank you so, so much. It's um, It's been lovely to chat and I look forward to speaking to you very, very soon. Yeah, thank you to you and see you soon.